yeah, what is up, gamblers? Welcome to the Outkick Bets NFL Divisional Weekend Breakdown. We're doing it a little bit different this week. Usually, I connect with Dan Z first. We'll go through our best bets, and then I'll bring in Fox News financial analyst Scott Martin to go over his barking dogs. But today, I brought them together, and we're going to run a train on the Divisional Weekend Go through all four games, give out our best bets, give out analysis, leans, whatever. I'll start with you, Dan. How is your? How was your wild card weekend? Well, first of all, I gave you the perfect. You, you could have stuck to sports and called it a three man weave, which was literally perfect. But you decided to go the sexual route. It's not I literally perfect. It. I mean, it's basketball. That's a basketball thing. I was flattered. All right, we're we're running trips formation. <laughs> sure. Is that, okay. is that better? I, I like the wide. idea of going doing a train on the divisional weekend. I thought about All that right. last night. And I was like, let's, run and let's shoot three wide. I have to look. I mean, I think feel like Jeff, you and I did pretty good last week, uh, as far as I remember, at least on the sides we were on. I mean, I missed Philly. That was that was a bad miss, and and I'm I'm glad they're done because I've had enough of them. Well, I annually do well in week 17 and 18 the wild card weekend and then i just get crushed divisional weekend so i'm, I'm actually nervous. not in from a betting front but our editor matt wiley made a great point like has there ever been a better nfl weekend for get, getting rid of annoying fan bases knocking out the eagles steelers and cowboys all in one weekend yeah we got to deal with the swifties this week mm. but in buffalo maybe well, i am a swifty too so there you go you have to deal with me too so we gotta go. see if we can get i'm converted is there a prop for uh, if Taylor Swift gets hit with a snowball by a Bills fan? Because I would hammer that. I would hammer that as well. If she shows up with some sort of snow in her face, maybe. <laughs> they should put her through one of those tables. That would be sick. There'll be, Taylor Swift dolls. There'll be Taylor Swift dolls out there in the, in the parking lot. They'll be doing that to her, believe me. We're no already Bills off the rails. Fans. Took us four minutes. Yeah, the Bills. The idea what Jeff, bringing us together was just a terrible idea. Well... We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna regroup. We're gonna we're gonna do some great gambling analysis. Just want to get the jokes off and uh, up top, and I don't know, just get familiar, familiarize ourselves with each other. Since this is the first three man pod, three man football weave, as Dan Z said. Great, let me tell you, you Scott went three and zero last week. Very impressive performance. Yeah, thank you, Jeff, and thank you, Dan, for uh, having me back. Uh, I'll tell you, it was just a simple thing, Jeff. We talked about the setup of the games, man, and I've got the other games right, too, that we didn't talk about as far as the model goes because the public was overconfident. The public was picking out, as Dan said, those fan bases were so loud, so barking. I mean, they were so obnoxious on their own teams. They got freaking smoked, and the public did, too, because they got teased by a lot of these spreads that are out there that are out there to entice you to bet on the favorite, entice you to take the easy, easy one, the easy road home. And those all lost because the model knows those are going to lose. And they did. And we went 3-0 and as far as the picks on the pod last week. Well, hopefully your model lines up with my model because I'm feeling pretty confident about my four picks this week, even though I usually get crushed in the divisional weekend. I'll see your model and I'll raise you another. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the first game on Saturday. The Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Um, currently recording Wednesday, January 17th, and the Houston Texans are getting nine and a half points. The total is at 43 and a half. Um, that's across the board. The, the markets are going to be pretty tight across the board just because, you know, it's the playoffs. So, 
Uh, I'll go with you first, Dan. What are you looking at in this game? It's great to go with me first because my bet's going to be decided pretty quickly. Uh, kind of a unique look at this one. Um, I'm going to bet Baltimore to punt on their first drive. It's plus 165, which is even with them scoring a touchdown. Um, I think the odds of them scoring a touchdown being the same as them punting on their first drive is kind of insane. I went back and looked. They've actually punted on three of their last five first drives, including in the game where they blew out the San Francisco 49ers. So I don't think them winning this game and winning by a lot actually uh, stops them from a potential kick on their first drive. Plus, keep in mind, Lamar hasn't played in three weeks. Most of the starters didn't play. They didn't play last week. I would expect them to come out a little rusty against Houston, a defense that's going to be super fired up coming off a big win uh, that wasn't taxed too much last week. I expect the beginning of this game to be relatively tight. I just like the number here more than anything. Um, I think getting plus 165 on Baltimore to punt just makes too much sense. Yeah, they netted one yard in their first drive against the Houston Texans in week one. And, and yes, you po- you pointed that out as well, that when they played Houston earlier in the season, a game that they won um, and would have covered this spread as well, they also punted on their first drive. I actually think the punters for both teams are going to get a lot of work this week. We'll talk about that in a second. Scott? Which is also crazy because Houston first punt, first drive punt is minus 130. I mean, it just again, it just seems like an unbalanced line. That's all. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I mean, the odds makers are projecting a boat race here for Baltimore. So what does the model say about Baltimore, Houston? Yeah, a couple things, uh, Jeff and Dan. You know, those lines, like you said, and you pointed out, look weird to me. And I avoid those. I would fade those, to be honest with you. They just seem too easy. It seems like too much of a walk in Central Park or whatever park you like to walk in. Oz Park for me in Chicago. So uh, those are scary to me, but but good points. I I think it's almost just going to be the opposite because – the model is telling me, ladies and gentlemen, that while the Texans paid us last week, they're not going to pay you this week because the Ravens are the, are the play here, Jeff. You've got the public all over by my research at about 64% on the Texans getting the points you mentioned that spread. Baltimore, as everybody knows, coming in maybe a little bit rusty, maybe a little bit slow, maybe uh, climbing themselves out of hibernation here as it's been cold in Baltimore lately as well, as it has pretty much every state in the country, at least contiguously. So there's a reason to think that Baltimore is going to be maybe a little bit rusty or just the Texans are going to come in super fired up, still having a good offense to show as they get better and better as Stroud has come back. But Lamar, Lamar is legend in this game. Lamar is the one that you really have to think is going to pile on the points, pile on the stats, and the public is just not buying it, Jeff. So, so far, so for the front models concerned, we're taking the Ravens all the way here, covering that spread and covering it easily. Love is it. your model factor in that Lamar Jackson never plays well in the playoffs? It does not because you know what would, Dan, is the spread. The spread being the great equalizer, and thank you for mentioning that. The spread seems high, doesn't it? I mean, if I thought about this game, maybe closer to after that Texans euphoria last weekend, I think this thing is closer to a touchdown, but it comes out about nine, goes up to nine and a half. It may settle wherever it goes. Uh, I've been saw an eight and a half when it first came out, and the public was pounding Houston, and that number kept rising. So the fact, too, Dan, to your point, this is something where – this should be all a screw-up for Lamar. This is his time to fall on his face, just like a lot of these other teams had done in wildcard weekend. The spread says different, and the public is buying right into it, and I'm taking the Ravens. All right. What does your model have the projected score? Or does it just say, like, which side to pick? More by a lot is what I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. So for those, the spread is the projected score. So for those who might be looking to make like a teaser, like you would, you would definitely side with going the other way with Baltimore rather than 
betting up the Texans at all. Dan, and I love that idea, too. I mean, you know, the big pleaser teaser guy on this pod, I think, is Jeff. And, Jeff, this is right up your alley, brother. Put a little seven-pointer teaser on there if you want to take it under a field goal, my man, because the Ravens are going to make this one easy and probably score on that first drive. How about that? Yeah, seven-point teaser works here. Six points do not. I usually only play six-point teasers because, like, I'm just attracted to their payouts. I don't want to pay the extra vig for the seven points. Uh, my best bet in this game is I'm going under 44, which is available at points bet. It's 43 and a half across the board. So whatever, I'll I'll play it down to 42. Um, you know, like Dan alluded to, Lamar's 0-4 um, or 4-0 to the under in playoff games. He's uh, The Ravens have a minus 15.3 over under margin in those games. Both defenses played really well in week one. Baltimore won 25-9. Neither C.J. Stroud or Lamar Jackson had a touchdown in that game. Lamar had only 197 total yards, um, 38 rushing. Um, Both teams had really low yards per play, and both teams combined for nine sacks. I also think it's like a really good fade spot on recent results. Like, what are the last things you remember of these teams? Houston lighting up the Cleveland Browns 45-14 to last week. And the last thing anyone remembers of Baltimore is them hammering Miami 56-19 in Week 17. So I think a lot of people are assuming these these offenses are coming in hot, and frankly they are. But I think that's going to regress this game. Um, I have the final score, Ravens 23-16, so... I am, I don't see as much value in the uh, in the in the in the spread more on the total, um, so that's what I'm going with. Tease it, Jeff. Tease it. Tease it. I actually teased the total up to forty nine and a half. I teased the Chiefs up to eight and a half, and I teased the teased the Lions. Excuse me, down to a half point, with the hopes of maybe betting the Bills money line as like a good middle spot uh, at the end on Sunday. So. You don't usually tease totals, but like I have done that successfully in the playoffs and you kind of got to get a little weird in the playoffs if you're going to gamble at a high volume. And I, I plan on gambling at a high volume in these playoffs like usual. Dan, do you have any other thoughts on this matchup? I'm excited for it. Um, I think it's it should be a fun game to watch. Uh, I, you know, I, look, Lamar has struggled in the playoffs. Like he is trying to get that off his back as soon as possible it's it's the only thing like him and Dak man like Dak once again had another one of those great years the MVP calls a few weeks ago and once again struggled in the playoffs that's where these guys got to make their money you're getting paid you know you signed a 250 million dollar contract not to win regular season games but to win playoff games so I I lean against the model I I like the (laughs) Texans plus I'm not I I would I would lean on teasing this up like Jeff, uh, with the six point to get over fifteen, get over two touchdowns. I, I like the Texans at that, but I don't know. I don't know, man. People I'm afraid to go against Scotty Markets here on our first. Uh, he's got me a little. Hey, got me a little hey, gunshot. I got a little. I got a little. I got a collared shirt on. I look good, but I'll tell you what else, guys. That is the old Lamar too. That is Lamar. I mean, Dan, you're you're exactly right. Like that's the Lamar we used to know. He got the contract. He's he's shown up. I mean, he's MVP this year. I think we could definitely he not argue MVP that. He won MVP before and didn't play and didn't show up. But in here's the, the thing, man. That this, that was his first MVP. It meant nothing to him. This is the one he wants to cherish <laughs> and he wants to cover for the model. I'm telling you, boys. All right. Oh, he, oh, he's got your model in in mind. I like that. 
I will say to your point, he's going to on his, in his post game interview, he's going to thank God. Then he's going to thank Scott Martin's model one, two. <laughs> he's definitely thanking God first. Huh? Uh, I will say this Houston lost to Carolina 15 to 13 earlier this year. And like Baltimore has played probably four of the best five games in the, in the NFL regular season. I think if both teams play their best game, uh, Baltimore does beat the shit out of the Texans. I'll give you that. Oof, and hot take. CJ Stroud's why? If the better team plays the same as that's the worst amazing. team, they're gonna win. They'll cover the spread, is what I'm saying. That's a that's the a team 50-50. that plays the best will Fair win. Enough. That's good. That's good Fair analysis. Enough. That's what they need right here. <laughs> oh, Jeff, you made a mistake, buddy. Dude, I can read all my notes if you guys want the boring analysis. We'll just sit here and just we'll go through all my notes here. Um all right. Well, you guys talked me out of talk, uh, discussing this game anymore. Let's go to the next one. Green Bay at the San Francisco 49ers Saturday, 8.15 p.m. Um, the spread is the Packers getting 10 points, excuse me, 9.5, and the total is 50.5. We'll start with Scotty Market since we started with Dan Z last time. Scott, what's the model saying? Similar setup, similar ease of use here. Wash, rinse, repeat, boys. I'll tell you, this is another situation where the public sees Green Bay coming in. Hot team, as I said last week, Jeff, I'm going to use the, the, the metaphor again. The team that comes in is, say, that, that high school kid in the PG-13 movie that hopefully gets that prom date, that hopefully gets a chance to kiss the girl that he loves, meaning Green Bay continuing the dream that started in Dallas last week. The, the dream and the love that is Jordan Love. Everything that's so great about the Packers now that Aaron Rodgers is gone. And thank goodness no longer on Pat McAfee's show because I don't watch that show anyway. I actually watched it just for Aaron Rodgers, not to see Pat McAfee dress in normal clothing. Meaning San Francisco is the one that the public su- suddenly has forgotten who San Francisco is. Sees this crazy spread in my opinion because again, like the Baltimore game boys, we had a, a spread here that just looks a little bit high. I would think the numbers should be as I just walk up to the betting window as I'm Joe Public, if I put that that hat on, or let's say it's a pair of socks, or maybe it's underwear. I put those on a walk to that spread window, and I say, man, this should probably be a seven-point game, maybe seven and a half. It's nine and a half, nine, nine or so open. I mean, this is something where the, the public looks and says, my goodness, this is too easy, and forgets exactly who the 49ers are, what that team is. In fact, too, that the public likes Green Bay a little bit more than I think they like San Francisco this year. Henceforth, how well they've done on them vis-a-vis the other teams. So a setup just like the Ravens, where the number looks too high. They forget about how great Lamar is. They forget about, yes, how Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy is, how great he is, and how great that offense is to a team like Green Bay that's bound to come back to earth. I mean, they shouldn't even really have been in the playoffs to think about. The Dallas Cowboys would disagree with that, I know. But the seriousness of this nature is 49ers, I think, are going to lay one on them. The Packers are going to fall behind. And I got the 49ers here going away. And then the public, by the way, on the 49ers is up to about 65% on the Packers meeting. So they're fading the 49ers. We're taking the 49ers all the way as a public dog. Oh, wow. Fading the public dogs. I like that. Dan, I feel like you have a competing bet or a different bet. I do. Yeah, of course, which I love. Um, Yes. So I agree with some of the analysis. I do think San Francisco ultimately is the better team and will pull away. However, I do think it's more likely to come in the second half. Again, back to the same argument of a team that's rested for several weeks. Um, I do think San Francisco will find its stride, but it's hard to ignore what the Green Bay offense is doing right now. And again, I think San Francisco will do a good job adjusting to that as the game goes on. 
Um, but I like the Packers plus six and a half first half only. Um, that's the way I'm going to play this game. Green Bay is actually much better defensively in the first half. They allow less than 10 points per game to opponent in the first half. So that's the way I'm playing this. Um, so kind of agree with the model, but also in some way disagree with the model as well. Are you thinking like San Francisco's run game kind of puts this game away in the second half? That's what you're getting at, but Packers keep it close early. So as I always say, like when we talk about sort of the NFL and how it's a game of possessions and a lot of people don't view it that way or they don't see it that way. Like, you know, the NFL has a clock, but really it's about maximizing possessions and the fewer possessions that the game has, the more chance that the worst team is going to win small sample bias, essentially. So my thought is that, especially in the first half, the Packers are really going to try to limit possessions. Um, and I think they might be able to do it for a little while before the San Francisco offense gets going. Yeah, I think they came out the gate against Dallas with an eight-minute touchdown drive, right? That was the first drive of the game. Matt LaFleur. I mean, they scored on their first two drives. Matt LaFleur is in the conversation with Shanahan, McVay, Andy Reid, and, and scripting those opening drives. Like, a lot of the wins Packers got early in the season, like, their down-to-down efficiency was complete ass. But like they made the most of like the first drive in the in the first game uh, in the first half and the first drive in the second half too, and that's a good point, Jeff. Like you're and, and they, listen, they they showed up huge in Dallas, both on offense and and certainly defense too. You're asking them to do that again on the road in San Francisco, and and the San Francisco defense, from what I've seen them, I mean, a couple of slip ups here and there. Yes, throughout the season, every defense has that one of the best in the business, if not statistically maybe not the best in the league, but but one of the best intimidating ones for a, a Jordan Love quarterback. That's great. He's a great year. He really came along. But Matt LaFleur has not seen a defense like the Niners, I think, are going to bring on Saturday. So I think that's going to be a challenge for Green Bay all game, but certainly at the end when the spread matters. See, I'm going to push back a little bit on that. I'm going over 50 and a half because I do think San Francisco's defense can – I think you can score points on there or on them. Um their defense is 24th in rushing success rate and third down conversion allowed. And if you give the Green Bay Packers a run game, then that's going to allow Jordan Love to use play action. And his play action stats are absolutely sick. He goes from a 91.6 quarterback rating on regular dropbacks to 118.3 on play action dropbacks. Aaron Jones has just been beasting lately, um, averaging like 5.6 yards per attempt over his last five games. So I think Jordan Love's going to be able to move the ball, and so are the Packers, but I don't think their defense has any answer for the 49ers. I mean, 49ers are the best offense in the league. I think most people coming into the season, into the postseason thought it was the Dolphins, um, especially because they put up 70 earlier this year against Denver Broncos. But San Francisco's first in points per play, first in yards per play, first in red zone scoring. Five of their offensive players are either first or second at their position at PFF, and that doesn't include Debo Samuel, who might be the best offensive player they have. I mean, well, who never plays? Yeah, yeah, it's probably Christian McCaffrey. But the point is, they're stacked on offense. Um, there are a few over under trends that really point to this game being a higher scoring affair. Um, but I'll save those because they're kind of boring. I will say um, at home, or excuse me, on the road this year, the Packers are 8-2 and two to the over, and their their defense is, again, it's really bad, and I think San Francisco is going to be able to move the ball up and down the field. Um, the best way for the Packers to cover this number is what Dan said, which is 
great game scripting and keeping the ball out of San Francisco's hands because they can't count on Brock Purdy and San Francisco puking all over themselves like they could Dak Prescott last week. So I actually think, I'm not even saying this to like blow smoke up your asses and mine, but like I kind of think we're all going to win here. <laughs> I, I think we're all going to win. Now you've done it. Now you've done it, Jeff. I mean, this is, I, this just is the this best game. threesome I've ever had. I mean, uh, best three-way call, whatever. Three-way pod. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I, I would I'd hope you had a threesome before there'd be at least a girl involved. But, hey, no, whatever. No. I'm not here to judge you. Um, and we probably shouldn't be even talking about this anymore. So, hey, you guys have any other thoughts about the Green Bay-San Francisco game? Or do you want to move to the Sunday slate? All right. It's audio podcast, so I'll just take those shaking no. heads. And, no. All right. Thanks. Uh, all right. Sunday, first game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are getting six and a half points. The total is 48 and a half. I guess I'll go first since um, I gave you guys first crack in the first two games. I'm going to lay the points at the Lions, the six and a half. I don't think there's a real argument for the Bucks to be less than seven and a half point underdogs here. Um, Detroit closed as three point favorites in Tampa Bay in week six. If you do the six point flip rule, that should make them nine point favorites in this game. Jared Goff carved that defense up. And this is something I, I know from studying, you know, all these games and all these matchups week in week out, but the broadcast made a good point about Detroit's defense this year. Last year, Detroit's defense was god-awful. This year, it's pretty, it's mostly bad, but what they've done differently is they just decided to take away the run. They're really good against the run, and I'm essentially gambling that Baker Mayfield isn't going to be able to pick them apart. I know, I think a big number, or a big reason why this number is what it is is because the Buccaneers housed the Eagles last week. That was more about the Eagles no-showing, I think, than the Bucks doing anything good. Um, and, you know, the Lions this time around have a rest edge. Last time, when they closed as three-point favorites in Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers were coming off of a bye. The Lions were missing Brian Branch and Jameer Gibbs. I'm almost, like, shocked at how low this line is. I feel like I'm a sucker here. And I talked about this when I was handicapping um, Ravens-Lions earlier this year, and I I talked about it with you, uh, Dan, over Slack. That Detroit beatdown at Tampa Bay was so bad that Stephen A. Smith called them the favorites in the Super Bowl. Remember that? Um, So I just think six and a half is light. I'd I'd bet it up to minus eight, to be honest. I I think this is just going to be an an absolute ass-whooping. I'll go to you uh, next, Scott. Scott, what's the model saying? I couldn't agree more. However, the public knows exactly what you're saying, Jeff. And you know what that means for the model's sake. Um, so wait, the, the spread you're looks- fading my logic and you're just going to bet against the public? It's that Because, so- Jeff, because it's not this easy, dude. Like Vegas, they may give you a cookie or two, maybe a milkshake. But like on the playoff weekend when everybody's going to be high and fly on this game because it's an awesome matchup to see the Lions host another playoff game smack Tampa Bay um, or host one. I mean, host a game against Tampa Bay. Like you said, after they played Tampa Bay already in the, in the, in the first of the, the season, it's like early in the season. I mean, this is a setup for why the lions 
should be, like you said, eight and a half, maybe nine point favorites, but they're not. They're six and a half. I've seen folks buying them down to six for two field goals. Doing the cheeser teaser, as you noted earlier, a teaser with a little extra cheese on it, the Jeffrey Clark style, which is just slamming money into the teaser on this thing and teasing the Lions down to zero or minus five, which is point five, which is basically a pick The public information, guys, that I get and a crew, and I, at least I guess synthesize says the public is up on the on the on the Lions about sixty two percent, which actually isn't as high as I would have expected because they think the Lions are going to do exactly what you just said, Jeff. And it doesn't feel good about this one, but this is one of my better bets for the weekends, you guys, because of the fact that it just seems too easy. It can't be this easy, especially in the divisional round, and therefore we're all over the box, baby, to start the games on Sunday. Dan, refute or agree with him? I don't. Doesn't matter. I already got. The I'm gonna go in. totally different. So I'm gonna go totally different direction entirely, and this is gonna seem super square and maybe kind of lame. Over Baker Mayfield bet... rushing yards. Give it to no, me. No, I'm. I do love. I do like that look, but. I'm going to bet David Montgomery minus 125 to score a touchdown in this game. Uh, I do think there are going to be points on the board either way. And Montgomery, just that's what he does. And it's what the Lions do when they get in close. In 11 of the 13 games where he played the entire game, he scored a touchdown. Actually, 12 out of 14, if you include last week. 12 out of 14 games this season, David Montgomery has scored a touchdown at minus one twenty-five. That puts the what the probability somewhere around sixty percent, and he's scoring at a rate of about ninety percent. I like Montgomery to at least get into the end zone. See, I was saying about some Jameer Gibbs props because which doesn't. Well, this is really... what's fascinating. Gibbs is the same. His number to score a touchdown is the same as Montgomery's. Montgomery is way more likely to score a touchdown than Jameer Gibbs is. Yeah, he's a goal line. He breaks one. But that's what you're counting on. Like Montgomery, you're counting on opportunities. Now, I don't. I think Jameer Gibbs is a better player, but Montgomery gets the opportunities that Gibbs doesn't, which is inside the five-yard line. So all I'm really betting on is that the Lions get inside the five-yard line at some point, and then they're giving it to Montgomery, and he's pretty good at getting in from inside the five. Yeah, I was more thinking Gibbs over rushing or over rushing and receiving because he didn't play in week six against Tampa Bay. Detroit can keep Tampa Bay's best defensive lineman, Vita Vey, off the field by playing 11 personnel and having uh, Jameer Gibbs run routes out of the backfield. Um, and he's, I mean, if the, if the, his rushing and receiving combined prop, I don't know if it's out, I would say it's, my guess would be 80 and a half yards. I mean, he's, he could break one in any, in any moment, um, like, like Scott said. And, I'm not going to say get over 80 and a half in one play. I mean, he could, but but he he can get some chunk plays where the down to down or um, per touch efficiency isn't there, but he just goes off for a 30 chunker. So I don't know where I'm on DraftKings trying to find the combined like the uh, stat combos, which I am struggling with. But I can tell you that Gibbs. You should, you should do bet stamp for that stuff. But keep going. I can tell you that Gibbs' uh, receiving prop is 23 and a half and his rushing prop is 44 and a half. So by quick math, that puts him around 68 yards total. According to Bet Stamp, I'm seeing it at 75 and a half at FanDuel, 72 and a half at Caesars. I would, I like that 72 and a half number. I think he's going to go over those rushing and receiving yards. Does that make sense, right? Because if you play the, the, the Tampa Bay's nickel 
set doesn't have Vita Vey on the on the field. And I think you got to get him off the field because outside of Antoine Winfield, he's probably the best player in Tampa Bay's defense. Does that does that check out? You're more the football guy than me, Dan. What do you what do you think about that analysis? Yeah, I don't hate the look and and guys like Jared Goff, especially in these big spots, like he's going to be a safety blanket type. They're going to have to. Tim Bay is going to do everything they can. They like to blitz. They're going to try to get after Goff quickly, which means ball out of his hands, ball out of the backfield quickly. Yeah, I would look at Gibbs receiving prop as far as um, I would look for. I'm looking at it right now. Sorry, I'm trying to do this like live, but I, I like him over whatever his catch. I'm assuming he's going to be like two and a half catches. He's at three and a half catches, but it's juiced up to 130. So four catches at plus 130. I don't hate that look. I'll tell you that. All right, um, but you but you like David Montgomery minus one twenty five anytime TD. I, I yes, I think he's going to score a touchdown. Okay, any uh, thoughts side total or player prop on this game for you uh, from you, Scott? Any any further thoughts? I, I obviously hope neither David Montgomery or Gibbs score a touchdown. Obviously, sorry Dan, but I'll just say I think these teams are just a little bit closer than people think. I mean, even if you look at the Mayfield versus Goff stats, I mean, yeah, Mayfield didn't have 4,500 yards. He had 4,000. He had 28 touchdowns. He didn't have 30 like Goff did. He only threw 10 interceptions. Goff threw 12. Uh, Montgomery's the leading rusher, actually, on Detroit at over 1,000 yards, 13 tutties, so that's probably good for Dan's sake. Uh, Led the tutties on the ground there. But the teams just aren't that far apart, as I think the public would assume, or as many of us, as as we talked about with as we would think the spread would indicate. And certainly – in my mind, it doesn't indicate that they're that far apart. And I think this game actually could be kind of a dog fight to get the barking dogs here where uh, the public dog I like here because of the fact that this could be like a, what, 21 to 18 type game, which doesn't sound right. I know given where we are, what we've seen, what we expect, but those are the kind of the weird things that happen in the land of Las Vegas. Yeah, I'll say Tampa Bay's defense is really good, but you were on the Rams last week, Scott, and so was I, and they were a public dog. Me and Dan were talking about it up like days beforehand, I, I just like came to peace with the fact that I knew everyone was going to be betting the Rams and I just moved forward with it. I actually stayed off the money line and cash, but like, yeah, uh, people are going to be betting the Lions. I understand. And the, Ram, the Rams had, a, yeah, and the Rams had a chance to win that one, Jeff. And that was one of the picks that we had. That was one of our favorite games of the weekend because the public was so heavy on this rootin' tootin' can't go wrong. Detroit Lions and I'm just telling you there's more pressure building on them I know the pullout from that game was hey we won it was a close one yeah the Rams were driving down the field whatever there's still pressure on the Lions just because they won one freaking game for the first time since I was like ever born doesn't mean that all of a sudden all that pressure is gone Tampa Bay is still playing with house money boys and girls won a stinky division came in smacked the Eagles right in the face cut them down took out our national treasure that is the eagle now they take out the next <laughs> king of the jungle the lions yeah. let's okay if tampa bay wins this game outright we can all admit that bill belichick was more responsible for the patriots success though right because everyone's like oh tom brady went to tampa bay and won a super bowl well if baker mayfield can win two playoff games brady didn't win two playoff games last year maybe it's the tampa bay todd Bowles system that really got him that super bowl I'm not, Tom Brady, system QB. I I'm said it. Not going to address that point. I, other than <laughs> I heavily disagree with it. I, um, I had some. Oh, He's idle. By the way. So, if you do the six point flip rule, they're saying this would be a coin flip in Tampa Bay. Do you think? Like, what if the Rams won, and they ended up going to Tampa Bay? 
What do you think this line would be? Two and a half. You think Tampa Bay would be favorite? I don't think they would be. I don't. I don't think they would be. After the, I don't know. It depends. I mean, we're not there, obviously, and I'm not a spreads guy. But I'll tell you what. Whoever the public would be all over the Rams. I'll tell you that much. So I'd be on Tampa again. Fair enough. Yeah, the Rams probably would be the public side. Man, I miss that team. And plus, my hundred to one Rams. Puka. You miss Puka, Jeff. You know it. Yeah. My 101 Rams, be, Rams ticket is dead now. Rams would be favored in Tampa. I think they would, too. I think they would, too. I think this is a good line. I know the public is backing it. They're not putting as much analysis into it as I am. But thing, like, though, it's two Scott, and a half. I've been following Scott along. Um, just I, I'm just using DraftKings as their percentages. They tell you what people are doing as far as the spread. And, he, and, he, and they agree with his model that they are – Heavy on the Texans. I've actually never seen it quite like that with a dog, but Texans getting 74% of the spread bets. Packers getting almost 70%. But this one's closer. Like, yes, Detroit is seeing slightly more of the bets, but it's not egregious to where you go, we have to fade this. It's like 55-45. So to me, that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't make them a huge public favorite like the other two that you mentioned. That's fair, and that's why we have a little bit of a, a waiting system on things. But it's still there is is some statistical variance there, and that's why I kind of triangulate three sources. Um, DraftKings not being one of them, frankly, because I think they can tell you whatever they want to tell you. But these are more official sources that show me that it's fifty nine percent right now on Detroit. So that's enough for me. Anything under sixty percent, though, I I look as like that's not. I, I've actually run the stats, and it's not true. It, anything over about fifty three is the number. But I I could show it to you when we're. Uh, together in the together in the club. You do college basketball? Sure. All right, we need to talk offline. Model bros. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Fred, yes, <laughs> the uh, divisional round weekend main event: the Chiefs at the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are an expensive two and a half point home favorite. Um, still hasn't hit three though yet. Uh, the totals 45, 45 and a half, depending on where you look. You got to think it's not going to, right? Like it hits three. That money has to come flying in on Kansas city immediately. Even if it does hit three, it's going to be for like two minutes. Yeah. I keep, I mean, re- you're sitting there waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. I keep refreshing my page. You no. think you're the only one who's sitting there waiting no, for it to no, hit three? No, no, I, I am know. too. That makes three of us. I mean, two. points bets got plus three minus one fifteen. They're the only book that's. That's at plus three. Um, but, yeah, I am waiting for the three. I'm going to hold back as long as I can. I already have it in a teaser. Um, I'll, I'll kind of give my reasoning why. But, Dan, we'll go to you first here. What do you what do you like in this matchup? Yeah, I think Scotty's going to disagree with me here um, because I already know that the public loves to bet overs. They see Josh Allen. They see Patrick Mahomes. They're going to bet the over. But guess what? I'm betting the over. Um, When these two teams meet in the playoffs, they put up points, even when they don't in the regular season. In fact, the last two times they met in the playoffs, their regular season matchup went under and their postseason matchup went over. So that's kind of what I see here in Josh Allen's playoff career. Six of his nine games have gone over 45 points, which is where this number is. Um Look, I, this is going to be super square analysis, but I think when Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes see each other on the other side of the field, like there is a, I got to outdo that guy. I got to go make a play. And that could also mean Josh Allen makes some of the mistakes that he's prone to make when he tries a little too hard. And those mistakes often lead to easy points the other direction. Um, 
I think 45 is pretty low. I understand where where both of these teams are, but the Bills' defense is super banged up right now. So I think Mahomes will actually have some success um, in this game, which is why I don't really want to back the Bills even at two and a half. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at the over, and I know Scotty's going to tell me the money is like 87 percent on the over. It's actually a little bit lower than that, Dan. But you're right. The, the, the main play for the model's sake, and I haven't I don't run the totals on them too much because totals just don't excite me that much. I've been burned by totals so bad before I even conceived the model, before it was even a glimmer in my eye. I was just getting ripped apart on totals, so I was just so mad and angry about it. It's like a PTSD thing. But you're right. Most of the money is on the over so far, which would make me lean under. But it's not terribly big. I've got about 62% uh, so far on the over. And it doesn't make sense from the setup, like you said, Dan, of who's going to be doing what and what quarterback's going to be trying to outdo the other. But uh, it does so far say, yeah, if you're going to do totals, do the under for what it's worth. Yeah. um, I mean, this is pretty simple as well, but Chiefs have the better quarterback, the better coach, and the better defense. They're getting points. They have playoff experience. Um, the Bills were minus one and a half in Are Kansas City. Are you playing City. into two and a half? Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah. I mean, I'm giving it out at two and a half now because I have to. Um, I'm going to wait for my write-up. Hopefully a plus three flashes and I'll hit that. But yeah, I'd play it at two oh, and a plus half. Three. We just saw a plus three though, right? At minus 115. I mean, I'll tell you yeah. guys, the model is all over again. I mean, this is one of those situations, one of those setups where this looks like a Bills team that's coming in too hot, looking so good, looking ready to come off the snowstorm, and God knows what else happens in Buffalo this week out there, ready to welcome the Chiefs that are just looking terrible, that just aren't the same Chiefs that we've come to love and hate and or in the last, say, couple years or three, few years. So this is an absolute boondoggle for the public to come here and, come here and bet the Bills minus two and a half and just have them kick a last-minute field goal, field goal and cover this one. But given that you said, Jeff, the Bills' defense is banged up, Mahomes has got to step up at some point this year. I mean, the whole year he hasn't done much. In fact, later in the year he's even more terrible than he was at the beginning of the year. And Josh Allen has done the exact opposite. They were talking about maybe benching him, should they re-sign him, trade him, whatever. Now the dude's walking on water. He's walking all over the earth. This is the spread that shows you that on an equal, equal field, even field, uh, neutral field, these teams are equal. It doesn't seem right in the public's eye. It doesn't seem right in anybody's normal kind of deductive eye, but that's why we're all over the Chiefs. And I'm going to take that plus three, minus 115, and see if it goes up to plus three some more in some other sites over the weekend or close to and take more of it because I think the Chiefs take this one. Yeah, this isn't a fun thing to recommend in a lot of like professional gamblers or like um, quasi-sharps would forbid buying a half point. I I would... I would buy a half point a and get up to level. minus one twenty, minus one twenty five to the, to get the three. Great level. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, I, I I've all season tried to stay away from like square analysis as best I can, and it hasn't served me all that well. So I'm gonna go with some square analysis here. I do think it matters that Patrick Mahomes is playing his first road playoff game and that it's in Buffalo. Um, if it were, I don't think it would be as big a deal in some other. But like, I dude. Watching that Buffalo crowd. He's been in the league six years. What, five years? I mean, he's done this before. I mean, it's not a road playoff game. No, he hasn't. That's the thing. He hasn't. Not a road playoff game. But, dude, Mahomes, whether he's in high school, college, or whatever, he has played that hard playoff game on the road. I'm sure of it. 
He wouldn't be where he has if he hasn't done that. He had a hard he, playoff game in the road at Texas Tech? He didn't do shit at Texas Tech. He didn't Texas do anything Tech. at Texas Tech. Texas Tech, there you go. There's no such Come thing on. as a road game in high school, so that doesn't. You know, that that that's out the window. Neutral fields, they could have been a hostile crowd back in the day. Come on, man. Holmes uh, is a pro. I'm on the Chiefs. I'm with Dan here. I, there's no proof of concept. He's never went on the road in the playoffs. Like, I... I don't think he's going to be rattled. I don't think like I don't think that's going to happen, but it is worth mentioning for sure. For sure it's worth mentioning. That's the case, gentlemen. So if that's the case, then Buffalo only has to cover two and a half with some measly field goal at the end because Mahomes can't play on the road in Buffalo on January 21st of 2024. I mean, come on. It, it just seems too easy. It's a primrose path. It's like in Ferris Bueller, he's leading you down the primrose path. Ultimately, way, Josh, Allen's, Josh Allen's five and one at home in the playoffs. Just saying. Yeah. Of course he is. Ultimately, and he's only a two and a half point favorite. Ultimately, I'm on your side because me, uh, Dan, I think posted the opening line of the Chiefs Bills in our in our uh, Outkick Slack, and my first reaction was like, "Whoa!" Because it was Bills minus two, and I was like, "Where is?" I was like refreshing my page. I was like, "Let me get that. I want. I want that." And my first thought was like, "Too easy," but. After I've, you know, looked at this matchup in a million different ways, I'd rather just take the points of the Chiefs and that's it. I won't even play the money line. Um, me and me and Dan have talked about like the Bills terrible turnover luck this whole year. You know, it's kind of crazy. The Bills are plus two in turnover differential and the Chiefs are minus 11. So it's actually the Chiefs who are due for some turnover luck. Mahomes turnovers, especially later in the season. So that's where everybody is going with their analysis, which is not bad analysis, but it's not analysis that's going to work in this game. And the spread is just too slow to reflect that. So walk right into it. Mahomes has gotten a pass that Josh Allen never has because he's won two MVPs and two Super Bowls. But like Mahomes makes weird throws as well. So it isn't just bad luck. It is, it is. Um, stupid throws. They, they yeah. know they have to do everything for their teams. And like, that's what I keep saying about Josh Allen. When people criticize him, like he turns the ball over too much. It's like, well, he is their offense. You know, you could have Kenny Pickett who hasn't thrown an interception in 210 passes. Who'd you rather have? Does that make Kenny, Kenny Pickett, Pickett a, a superstar? Yeah, Kenny Pickett throws, right. And they ask Kenny Pickett to throw the ball like 15 times a game because he's not the offense. And that's a good point. And also maybe Mahomes is cuter too. That might be the reason he gets a pass. <laughs> and he looks better in red than I think, than I think Josh Allen does. Do you, but like, what, let's be honest, Josh Allen's girlfriend's better looking than Patrick Mahomes' wife. I mean, I don't know if we're going to go here. Wow. I will take the other side of that one, too. I thought... Wait, are you a Brittany Mahomes fan? Yeah, I like Brit. I like oh, her. my God. Talk about barking dogs. That is the underdog I did not expect what to see on this pod. What kind of girl? Call me, Brittany. Five, five, five. Uh, I thought um, I don't I thought think Josh Allen was single. You, but uh, I, I think he's dating an actress, actually. Oh. Well, good for him. Um, what's the model say the betting splits are at right now? Right now we've got the Chiefs. The, yeah, we got 64 to uh, 36. So the Chiefs are 36% public right now from the triangulation station. So it's, again, a big one. It's just like the Texans and, and, and Niners. It's pretty heavily overstated on the uh, on the home team, I guess, in this case, with the Buffs, with Buffalo Bills, rather. So um, I, that's why I love the Chiefs here, and I love the Chiefs to come in here and Mahomes to show you all who he really is. Josh Allen is dating Haley Steinfeld. She was in uh, Pitch Perfect and True Grit. Great actress. Hawkeye. Great actress. 
All right, I'll uh, Google her after this podcast. The uh, I feel like she hasn't gotten enough play on uh, Outkick.com. We usually uh, more into these types of stories. Yeah, the HGC, as you would say. Um, Hot girl content, it sells, baby. Damn right, it gets it gets more clicks than my betting content. I'll tell you that. Well, everything gets more clicks than your betting content. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, I no, couldn't help. No, hey, hey, I set you up, and you just spiked it. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Uh, the one football matchup angle that I'll, I'll say here is Buffalo's defense is bad against the run. If you give Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes a weakness to exploit, they'll usually do that. Um, Bills are only 28th yeah. in yards what per is rush. Pacheco, I, I would like Pacheco's prop here probably too because I Definitely. do think they're going to try to get him involved. Definitely good call there. 62 and a half. Hmm. Is that a DraftKings? Is that what's that yeah. for rushing yards? Uh, yeah, it's sixty-two and a half rushing yards. Um, uh, Pinnacle which... has got it sixty-two and a half more expensive over on the over. So, dude, points bet is dealing a sixty and a half. Well, Pacheco has passed that number in five of the last seven. It looks like on a quick search. Yep, I got that too. He's eighth and in three of the last four, three of the last actually, five. and if you and if you count last week against Miami, which you should, then it's six of the last eight because he rushed for. They gave him twenty four carries against Miami. I think you could see a, a similar workload here. Oh, they'd like they'd like to. I mean, you know, it depends the flow of the game. If Buffalo comes out, this is one of those rare ones where the Packers did this, which I loved. And it's actually part of my analysis, by the way, with the Packers first half line, and I forgot to mention it. I'm. Again, looking at Scotty, man, it just gets you all whew, gets you're you, excited. Gets you all flustered. Come on, man. But I forgot right to mention here. a strategy the Packers like to employ is to win the coin toss and take the football, which possibly gives us another possession in the first half, where again would hurt in the second half. But that's something the Packers have shown they like to do. So I think no matter where the coin toss goes, you're probably looking at the Packers starting with the football. If I were Buffalo, I would consider the same thing. I would consider trying to put the pressure on quickly. And I might take the football if I were Buffalo and make Patrick Holmes immediate Patrick Mahomes immediately play from behind on the road. You want them to abandon their run game, the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it'd be a good and way I to want, play it. You know, and I want to put a little pressure on Mahomes. Again, like I know you guys are like or Scotty's all over the he's done this forever. And I, I agree. But like he's human. He's not immune to coming out into a hostile crowd down seven points and not not again, not that he's gonna take a dump in his drawers, but like there's pressure that adds a little bit of extra pressure coming out and, and being down and feeling immediately like you're in that spot where I got to go make a play. And Jeff, like you mentioned, when Mahomes gets in, I have to make the play mode. That's when he makes his mistakes. Hang on a second, guys. Let's think about this rivalry. What quarterback do you think has more pressure on him or her, depending on how you look at him, as being the one that's under all the pressure? I think it's Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's the one who feels all the pressure in this game. I mean, Mahomes has beaten him. In so many huge games, I know in Kansas City, I get that. But you got to think in, in Allen's head, he's like, damn, these Chiefs, these guys always take this game from us. These big games, they blow it. I agree, I agree with that. I don't think, and to Dan's point, I don't think Mahomes ends up pooping his pants, but I'll say there is a 5 to 10% chance he plays a bad game because it's in Buffalo. Like, it's. Sure. It's the toughest place to go, right? In the NFL, like it that has I, to I'd matter. Give, I'd give Allen those. I'd give Allen those statistics too, Jeff. And I'd also say that you know what? Put a diaper on Mahomes. Who cares? 
and the world cannot afford to see Brittany Mahomes <laughs> and Tra- uh, Taylor Swift crying in each other's arms. That would be horrible. Yeah, the world wants oh, to see him swag Are we taking the angle that the NFL is not going to let Taylor Swift get knocked out of the playoffs? Because that actually could be a thing. I would, I would actually be down with that analysis. No. Is that at a quarter NFL point to the model? NFL is not going to allow Taylor Swift to get knocked out of the NFL playoffs. Does that improve Casey's power not, rating by a quarter not, point? Not by the Buffalo Bills. In fact, you want to take it a step further, you might be way wrong, Scott. They might they might get Houston to win so that they have to go back to Kansas City next week. All right. Good stuff. We hit we hit all the angles, I think. Uh, my best bets. You're not going to get anywhere else. That's for sure. Officially, I'm going under 43 and a half. And Texans, Ravens, over 15 and a half, Packers, Niners, Lions, six and a half, and I'm taking the Chiefs plus two and a half. Dan, what are your favorite looks on the card? Yeah, bouncing around a lot, but uh, I've got Packers plus six and a half, first half, uh, Ravens to punt on their first drive plus 165, uh, David Montgomery minus 125 to score a touchdown at any time, and Chiefs Bills over 45 points. What's the model saying, Scott? Calling order, Ravens giving points, Niners giving points, Chiefs plus the points, Bucks plus the points in that following order. All right. And where well, you can- were really confident with the Bucks to be bouncing them down to the lowest on your pecking order. Well, I love my pecker, and that's where they are. So let's just face it. I mean, they gotta be somebody's gotta be at the bottom, somebody's gonna be at the top. Let's face it. The pecker meaning the pet woodpecker I have outside my my apartment. Here. We knew what you meant. Yeah, uh, Scott. Where can people keep uh, keep up with your stuff? Yeah, there's this thing called Twitter, which they now called X at Scotty Markets, talking food, gambling, and a little bit of music. Love it, Dan. Shout out! I'm your... at Real Dan Zach on the Bird app, on the X app. Uh, if you like college basketball and you like to bet on really terrible college basketball games at like nine o'clock at night, uh, you definitely want to check that out because that is basically what I've become obsessed with. Um, But there's also some football stuff, too. Awesome. Most importantly, please subscribe, rate, and review the Outkick uh, Bets podcast on Spotify, Apple, really anywhere podcasts live. Show us some love on social media, uh, Dan Z, Scott, and the podcast itself. Until the conference championship games, peace out. Peace out.